and underway here on ESPN Plus. From Glendale, Arizona, or at least half from Glendale, Arizona, two-thirds from Glendale, Arizona, alongside my good friends and colleagues, Mauricio Pedrosa and Hercules Gomez, I'm Sebi Salazar. And what is that look of stupor, Herc, on your face? I'm looking at you. That's why it's the stupor. Mm -hmm. Look at that beautiful, marvelous thing you got going on. Not since... What is that, 1998? Eight. Is that the 98 kit? Yep. Mm -hmm. Not yep, since the 1998 kit have I seen something so beautiful on you. Thank you. Thank you. This is something very nice. I like that. I appreciate every once in a while I get a compliment well. on what I dress. Yeah, I, I'm not known as the, the guy with the cool clothes on this show. Mal, how are you doing out there? Are you I've, tolerating I've her? Before, yeah. I am tolerating her, but this is just the first week of three that we're going to be hanging wow. out together at night. Day afternoons uh, on our Gold Cup tour that has brought us now to Glendale, Arizona. Will take us next to Santa Clara and then on and on and on. But so far, so good, Sebi. Okay. And I gotta okay. say, do, do 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 you remember what happened to that brand? That brand that that they used to wear the, the travel sport here. Team as sport. Well? <laughs> no, what happened to them? Yeah, that was that was a one-off. One heat wonder. They, they never know. They they well. never met. They never made sportswear before. So so hang on to that one. That's gonna yep. that's gonna be valued very and, very and highly in the future. And he found it in a, chi a children's size. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Yeah. A collector's item, guys. But a collector's item with no price. No one can ever uh, buy this off me. All right, guys. We got lots to get to in this show. Uh, of course, we are going to be talking about Mexico's game coming up here in just a little bit against Haiti. But let's leave that for a little bit later on. And let's start with what's hot right now, and that is transfer talk involving both uh, players from the U.S. men's national team and the Mexican national team as well. We'll start with Edson Alvarez, who really, as of a couple days ago, looked like a sure deal to be headed to Borussia Dortmund, but now it appears that that move has fallen through over a month ago. It was first reported that personal terms had been agreed to between the 25-year-old Mexican midfielder and the Bundesliga club, but in the last 24 hours, Dortmund has apparently backed out the transfer fee, which was between 35 million euros, plus apparently an add-on of about 15 million, uh, was too much. Quote, an irresponsible amount. That's what one report out of Germany said. A German report saying that Emre Can, they're going to stick with him for at least another year in that defensive midfield spot. Guys, it seems like Ajax is setting the buy price for Edson Alvarez awfully high at 50 million euros. Are they threatening to ruin his club career? <laughs> is this for reals? I mean, listen, if I'm not mistaken, he's under contract 2025. I feel for Edson. He'll be 26 in October. The time to leave is now. Mm -hmm. It was actually a few transfer windows ago, and actually a transfer window ago was Chelsea of the Premier League that offered 50 million for him, and I would have taken the money and ran. He's a great player. For my money, the best defensive midfielder in CONCACAF. But it's an insane amount of money. And you said one of those reports said it was an irresponsible amount. Listen, Edson Alvarez right now, he chose this path. And what I mean is if you don't want it, don't resign. Oftentimes mm. you think because that's what they indicate is if you resign, it's so we can get more money for you. You'll have more money on the market. You'll get more money in the transfer fee. Well, you're almost in a sense held hostage. Uh, this I don't want to say it's on Edson, or Edson, excuse me, but what else can he do here? It's not... Ajax ruining his career because of Ajax. People know who Edson Alvarez is in Europe because of Ajax. He's a known commodity, not only in CONCACAF, but around the world. Teams that watch Ajax, obviously. Yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm not blaming Ajax here. 
uh, clearly something happened because a month ago, I mean, and, and with this statement that it seems like an irresponsible amount of money, then why did you agree to terms with the player before? Something happened along the way mm. in the recent weeks. And I mean, for, I do not want to think that, and we actually joked with this, remember after that game against the US in Las Vegas? And we said, wow. I certainly hope no one from Borussia Dortmund is watching this game because maybe they're going to have second thoughts. I don't want to think that's exactly what happened because scouting reports are not based only on one game. That's not the way it works. But what I find hard to believe is that now Borussia Dortmund is saying that that amount of money is irresponsible when they already had an idea of how much money Ajax was going to ask for for this player to the fact that it's been reported that they agreed to terms with the player. So something happened. It is surprising that the deal is no longer on the table when Edson Alvarez has been questioned because of his performance. I have to add the final weeks of the Dutch league. Mm. And now the Mexican national team. Did that have an impact hmm. on this deal? Because otherwise, I find it hard to believe that it's just yeah. the amount of money. You can negotiate yeah. that amount of money. And, and you know what, Seb, may I add, uh, why are they evaluating him hmm. so high? Because $50 million from Chelsea and an asking price of what you're saying is close to that as well. Uh, there's something that comes with Edson Alvarez. Obviously, it's a quality player. And obviously, there are teams that were interested at in that price. Chelsea's price, I don't know. But he has a lot of interest with him comes a lot and what I mean a lot is the marketing now take this in a good way I will bet a good amount of money that he's one of the top in sales at Ajax and when they look at the North American market and what he can do for him he's certainly the flag bearer in Europe when it comes to Mexican soccer players field players for that yeah. matter yeah. I think that evaluation has a little bit to do with it besides his quality as well okay I'm wondering at this point how he can go back to Ajax right if they've passed on Chelsea they've passed on Dortmund he's been there five seasons now at this point like what more because you have to prove what more can he do there beating up on Groningen and go ahead Eagles and Sparta and the like right I don't think that's a level that's going to really intrigue him much Vitesse. I'm worried I'm worried about this for Edson Alvarez because I don't think guys that that this opportunity is going to come back right an opportunity to be at a club like Dortmund which can compete not just for their domestic titles but potentially to make deep runs in Europe a club like Chelsea you know at this point he's being now linked to, to clubs like West Ham, who have big money for sure coming out of the Premier League. Yeah. Uh, but that's a different level but of club, I think, league. even than a Dortmund, right? It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a different type of club than a Dortmund. It's certainly a different type of club than a Chelsea. And Mao, I think you might be able to speak to this a little bit better than Herc. What's extremely frustrating from the Mexican fan standpoint is what have we been screaming about for the last years before the World Cup and certainly in the fallout after the World Cup? You need Mexican players at the elite level there's a guy who has interest at the elite level and over a few million euros, it's not going to happen. That's infuriating from a fan standpoint. Well, yeah, part, uh, part of our analysis after that World Cup disaster and the recent disaster that, ha that still is the Mexican national team is, uh, well, there are no players playing at the highest of levels of right. world soccer, right? No no A-type kind of players, top-tier players. And Edson definitely has the qualities to be part of that elite group. But now I do question, is this, is this just a Dortmund v. Ajax thing? Or is this something that goes deeper into how Edson Alvarez is now being evaluated by mm -hmm. top teams? And listen, 
even if he moves to West Ham United, that's not a bad deal. That's still playing in the Premier League. Yes. And, and if but you, it, it's a different level, right? It is a different that, level, but, it's, I think but, but it's still better than Ajax. No, no, absolutely. It's, it's still better than it's Ajax. Absolutely, but he, it's a different level he will play. What well, we have to remember here, and, and he's talking about, Mao's talking about that level that you want to see these Mexican players or Mexican fan play at, that level that is the A level. That window's going to start closing. Uh, he's going to turn 26 in October. Yeah, yeah. Every year after this, that window gets smaller and smaller and smaller, if not completely shut. So it's disheartening for fans because if you ever thought one of your players could be that player, it was Edson Alvarez. You would have bet the bottom dollar on it. Yeah. Ajax, uh, of course, uh, no Champions League either, so no, no chance to maybe show off to some of those bigger clubs. Uh, one last point to what you guys are saying about the, the bad performances, both against the U.S., kind of end of the Ajax season. We can even throw the World Cup in there. There are some reports out of Germany saying that Eden Terzic, the manager, is the one who kind of put the final axe on this deal. So, you know, maybe we'll find out more in the coming weeks and months, but either way, it looks like Edvin, Edson Alvarez's hopes of playing in the Bundesliga with Borussia Dortmund anyway are over for now. Let's move on to another player with Bundesliga potential that may also go unfulfilled. Brandon Vasquez, Michele Giannone of Tudene reporting that Brandon was wanted by Borussia Mönchengladbach. Personal terms were agreed, set to be Marcus Thuram's replacement, but Cincinnati are refusing to sell this summer. According to Giannone, that decision against Vasquez wishes. FC Cincinnati, you might understand why. Right now, they're not only first in the Eastern Conference, they are first in the Supporter Shield race. A seven-point gap to second place. Herc, I know you were active on Twitter about this. Are you cool with Cincy waiting till the winter to sell Brandon Vasquez? Yeah, I'm cool with it. There's also a report by ESPN Cesar Hernandez not too long ago where he states that Brandon Vasquez himself knows of the intention for this to be a winter move. He just re-signed. So be careful what you sign. And I'm not saying Brandon Vasquez wishes to leave or doesn't wish to leave, but there are reports out there from ESPN on this. Um, I mean, you signed a contract, right? This is what I'm talking about. You can sign the contract with the best of intentions, but the club's going to do what's best for the club. Now, if you're going to tell me that a team that was a wooden spoon winner for what, like four years running, mm -hmm. the worst team in Major League Soccer, all of a sudden is the best team in Major League Soccer on paper and already stole one of his star forwards uh, to Europe and now is going to sell a player that they value highly, even though the numbers this season may not back that, but he's still a very good player. Yeah. There's a reason you're getting Bundesliga interest. Mm -hmm. This is one of those things where you feel for the player because, you know, deep down, Brandon would be like, yes, I want to be in the Bundesliga. Yes, I want to go this summer. Winter transfers are very difficult. But his hands are tied, since his hands are tied, and I don't really know what else to make of this besides you signed a contract. Well, you know, you, I feel for him, though. Yes, I understand that. And, well, you know this, me being a lawyer, I should advocate for no, contracts to be honored, right? <laughs> I'm still a lawyer, though. I mean, whether you like it or not. And, and pass the bar. <laughs> but so there, there's, there's other saying in, among us lawyers, the lawyer community, yes. right, uh, is that contracts <laughs> are made to be broken. Right? Contracts are made to be broken. Right, right. That's coming and from a lawyer, huh? The fact that you sign a contract, yeah, it, I mean, you're I've supposed to honor it. Yeah, for sure. But records. that's why you negotiate, right? And this is, this is the way I see it. I understand Cincinnati's position. I get it, right? Makes sense. But Borussia Mönchengladbach might as well move on and find another striker. Oh. This offer may not be on the table for the winter window unless... You find an agreement in which Borussia Mönchengladbach agrees to wait till the 
winter window you mean like to complete him, the transfer. Right, exactly. That should be, and, and I'm not trying to play agent here, right. but yes. if you're Cincinnati, you want to find a way to make this deal happen. Because again, if you don't, and if you are 100% sure that you don't want this, this deal to actually happen, that window might actually be shot very, very soon because the team, yeah. Gladbach here, will move on and now, find another striker. Here's the thing you have to realize. You have to know Brandon Vasquez's story. Brandon Vasquez was at Cholos, never really given that opportunity nope. to kind of have that first team football. Cholos goes to Atlanta, has to sit by, behind Joseph Martinez, never really gets a run with Tata Martino. And now after he's biding his time, he'll be 25 in October, by the way. We just spoke of Edson Alvarez. Edson Alvarez will be 26. There's a year of difference there, so you can understand the player, if it is that he wants to go, why that would be. There's a window that is closing, and he realizes it. And he realizes now that in this U.S. Miss National Team pull-up nines, it's getting ultra-competitive, and yes. the majority of those nines are in Europe. So I'm not saying it's the case with Brandon Vasquez with the Z. Uh, by the way, Johan mm -hmm. Vasquez is with the Ness. You guys should do a little research there. <laughs> but you can feel for the player if it is he wanted to leave. Now, as far as Cincinnati, Cincinnati is going to ask like an absolute opportunity of mm. not only winning MLS Cup, like the league trophy, Open Cup as well. They can really clean up on, on trophies here so you can understand the frustration of some of those fans. But again, this window is closing, so I understand the other side of this as well. Yeah. I mean, we killed New York City FC last year for moving on Tati Castellanos and moving on Ronnie Dyla in the middle of the season. That was after they'd won MLS Cup. And that's being New York City yeah, FC, which is, a, which is a, you know, let's be honest, it's a feeder club as part of a bigger system. FC Cincinnati stands on its own. Right. They built this new stadium. You know, they built a, a, a multi-million dollar practice facility before they built the stadium. They're competing with an NFL team in that market. They, like you guys said, their the only Reds. honors to this point yeah, are the yeah. wooden spoons, you know? So, so you got to fight. You got to fight for your, your spot in that market. And winning is, is the way. And they're, they're halfway home. I mean, in MLS, I don't think being this far ahead halfway makes you a 50% you know, chance to win MLS Cup. But they're a legit contender, right? And I think the greater point is here, after getting rid of Brenner, there is no way they're a legit contender if they get rid of Brendan Vasquez, right? So that, that's basically it, Yeah. Not unless they bring somebody else in, which right. would... The thing is, with Major League Soccer rules, even yeah. if they let go of Brandon Vasquez, their ability to bring somebody in, yes, it's, it's very tricky, so I understand that. And, and you're absolutely right. Like, they should worry about winning, just like Brandon Vasquez should worry about scoring goals to get himself out. It's a two-way street there, yeah. but you feel for both that's, in that's, this one. That's, that, that's big, because if he keeps scoring, right, and if he has a great end of the season with Cincinnati... Then if it's not Gladbach, then maybe it's another team yeah, but in the, the winter the window is, that might be, is, might be attractive well, I mean, to him. In the same vein as Edson Alvarez, you saw Chelsea denied their transfer bid, and then you saw Dortmund just say, I'm out. Chivas came in with the bid themselves, and it didn't even want to get Chris Albright out of bed. They didn't even want to get him mm -hmm. to answer the phone. That's how low the bid was. So you can already see there's interest there, so you can see why there's so much hype and when there's so much hope for a player like that to get out. Yeah, this is, you know, another argument also for MLS to get on the global calendar because the winter market is different. There's, there's uh, not as much money floating yeah. around in the winter market. So That's very you know, true. When you have to make these big decisions in the middle of the summer, uh, it's tough on MLS teams. It's tough on front offices. We're kind of trying to, to kill two birds with one stone. Another player. This one is confirmed on the move. Ricardo Pepe has the Fabrizio Romano stamp of approval. Signing with uh, PSV in the Eredivisie from Augsburg for a reported fee of $10 million. 
Pepe, who of course is 20 years old, lit up the Dutch circuit last season, 13 goals in 31 games across all comps for Groningen, who yes, were relegated. The move comes 18 months after FC Dallas sold Pepe for a reported $20 million fee. Herc, is PSV the right landing spot for Ricardo Pepe? Absolutely. I love it. I love it that he's in a league that he's already been successful with in a much smaller club. He's not going to be with a team that's a big club. He'll have opportunities in front of net. If they can make Luke John a legitimate goal scorer, I've got high hopes for Ricardo Pepe. He's going to be reunited with Ernie Stewart, mm -hmm. uh, who's a sporting director there, who was the sporting director for the U.S. men's national team, or national teams, I should say, for yeah, U.S. soccer. Didn't take him to the uh, World in his Cup. time, knows Ricardo Pepe well. Yeah, it's not his decision. It's a coach's decision. I mean, I don't know how much of that you want to put on Ernie Stewart here. That's not neither here nor there, Sepp. What I'm trying to get at is this is a very good player who's still 20 years of age, still has a lot to learn. Uh, the Eredivisie is a great place to learn, to get that base, and to keep doing what you're doing, which is scoring goals. You're in a big club. You'll be a big player. You get opportunities. He's going to bag in some goals. Mm. Um, I'm, first of all, I'm very happy for Ricardo Pepe because after his first season in Europe with Augsburg, he missed on the opportunity to go to the World Cup because the performance was just not there. He didn't get, he barely had any playing time. And then it was the right move just to find in the Dutch league the right place to develop as a player. And so, I, I, I mean, I'm very happy that he didn't give up on his dream. People forget he's 20 years old. He's, yeah, exactly. Yeah. He's very, very young. So he was still a player with a lot of things to prove, but a lot of growth space as well. And... The fact that now he's making this move, it's not easy because it's, it's a very different kind of pressure to play for a team as PSV. PSV has a rich tradition of number nines, rich tradition of coming to America, South America, North America, finding the right players for that spot. So this is a fantastic opportunity for him to keep evolving as a player, to keep evolving as not only as a goal scorer, but as a complete player. Because we saw what, what happened with Santiago Jimenez at Feyenoord, which right away, uh, Football Americas, this is just exactly what you want, right? A number nine playing ah. for Feyenoord, number nine playing for PSV, PSV, I love that conversation. That's going to be awesome. But you saw how Santi yeah. evolved and now, grew as a player This there. is the other side of that coin, Seb. Well, we're talking about uh, Dortmund, you know, not agreeing. They're out. We're talking about Chelsea that didn't go mm -hmm. through with, with, with Ajax. Uh, uh, excuse me, with... Uh, uh, yes, with Ajax yeah, or Edson. Yeah. Uh, we're doing the same thing, talking about Brandon Vasquez. This is a a deal that did work out because it'd be very easy for them to say, Osberg to say, FC Osberg, hold on a second. We spent $20 million on this kid. Mm. We're not going to give up on him just like that, that easy. And if we are, it's going to cost a hell of a lot more than half. That didn't happen here. All parties came to terms at a good price, reasonable price, I would say, and we move forward. Herc, how important is it that he start right away? Because I, I heard a, a bit of Luke de Jong slander there. He's a PSV legend. He was on the last two Dutch teams at major international tournaments. He's coming off a season with 18 goals. The guy's not totally washed up. He's only 32 years old. Uh, do you worry that he, he might be some competition for Pepe there and keep him out of the starting lineup? Or does that not even bother you? Because to your point, man, he's only 20 years old. He's not going to be at PSV for one season. He, he hopefully will be there for a while. Yeah, I think they got a few more games than Groningen did, right? They're going to be in the knockout rounds of the cup. They're going to be uh, fighting for Champions League. It might be, are they in Champions League right now? Qualification? Qualifiers, I'm not too sure about that. Qualifiers. But qualifiers. 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 Yeah. There you go. There, there'll be more games for him to participate in. It's not like Groningen where you pretty much have to look forward okay. to as the league. And if that, you're playing have... a different brand of football as exactly. well. You're coming He's... from behind with Groningen. You're trying to chase the game. Whenever he played, the fact that he scored 12 league goals. 12. 
for Groningen, a team that was relegated, yeah, yeah. a team that was one of the worst offenses in the Dutch league. The fact that he scored double-digit goals, that's one of the reasons why PSV put their eyes on him. Mm -hmm. Now, I, I think that the point that Seb is bringing up of Luke de Jong, by the way, uh, he was once linked to Club uh, America, America, remember? And Barcelona. Uh, I think, it actually, I, I oh, think it's, it's, it's actually good news. If you're going to compete against a club legend, what a better way to prove your value. Mm. What a better mm. way to prove the fans. Yeah, to, to prove you, you, need to, you need to prove hey. it. This could, to Seb's point, this could be a situation where if, if Luke DeJohn's running away with it after a stellar 12-goal season, like you you're just mentioned. You're not benching Luke DeJohn. They're not the benching Luke DeJohn for Pepe wants to do is. Right, the last thing, but the last thing Ricardo Pepe wants to do is but have another can, situation have, where he's on the bench like FC You can have like the first season. You can have the first season in which you may not be the starter, mm. game in, game out. You may not be that starter, but you will compete. Yeah. And Luke the Young is more on the outside looking in. And they're also Ricardo, different Ricardo players. Ricardo going to be there for a they're while. They're different players. Uh, but look, look yeah. to John as a, as a nine. He's a target man. It's in the yeah. air. I think Ricardo Pepe has a little bit more in his bag when it comes to combination. They're totally different players. But I, I know what you're getting at, Seb, and it's a legitimate concern. We saw what not playing at FC Osberg did for his confidence. We don't want that again. Yeah. Luke de Jong, by the way, has uh, retired from international play, so he'll always be available as long as healthy for... For PSV there, the you know who why. won't be playing? <laughs> steady, steady. Why was it the Luke de Young hate on this show? Uh, you know who yeah. won't be playing with Ricardo Pepe at PSV wow. is Eric Gutierrez. Uh, the 28-year-old Mexican midfielder looks to have a deal done to see him return to Liga Mekis with Chivas, leaving PSV and European football behind after five seasons. Chivas apparently going to pay 5 million euro fee for Guti, who won two Dutch Cups in his time at PSV. Mal, let's start with you on this one, because I wanted this from the Mexican national team perspective. Is Guti's return to Liga Mekis oh. at 28 years old something, nothing, or everything? It is something. It's not everything, because he, he's no longer the starter. He's no longer one of the most important players in the Mexican national was team. He, ever, he lost really? that. When was yeah. he? Well, great point. Yeah. Great point. I think there was a point in which we all thought he was the heir to Andres Guardado. Mm. A lot of us thought, I don't know if you guys did, I yeah, thought, I'll buy him I with thought that, that I whenever on, Andres Guardado, Guti, yeah. when, yeah. when, whenever Andres Guardado uh, wanted to leave the national team, Eric Gutierrez would fill his shoes. But I'm, I'm very disappointed in the way his European career ended. I thought there was more to him. And uh, hearing from sources, uh, this is not something that just happened in the last month. He's been he's been joining uh, for a return to Mexican soccer for a while now, and maybe that speaks to either the fact that he was never comfortable in Europe, or maybe that he didn't feel as appreciated or valued in Europe. But in terms just for the Mexican national team, it is something because he's going to be a regular starter for Chivas. We'll see at what what spot, right? What position right, he right. plays. That That's important. Oh, you're yeah, going the other way with start, this. Chivas. You're this going is... the other way with this. You don't think it's a it's a bad thing for the Mexican national team. You think it's a good thing because he's going to play more. No. Yeah, I think it could be a good thing. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I don't know about that. I think this is everything. This is everything, Seb. Especially for Mexican fans, uh, fans, pundits. Think about this for a second. You're coming and you're seeing where the Mexican national team is right now, and you're saying we need elite A players out there in Europe. And then all of a sudden, you see Diego Linus is back with Tigres. He was one of the few that were out in Europe. Uh, Pisuto is now at 
Tigres as well. Well, like, he didn't even play. Well, he was a prospect. <laughs> but a, and then you think about it, Cesar Montes and Johan Vasquez just got relegated. And Edson Alvarez, he just got blocked by Dortmund. Yeah. And I'm thinking to myself, where's the, where are the players in Europe? And then what drives me crazy is, if you think about this, Eric Gutierrez has been at PSB for five years. He's played the most he's ever played in the last two years. Last season, the guy was scoring goals and he played in a center back. He scored goals in league play, scored goals in Europa League, scored goals in Champions League, the semifinals of the Dutch Cup. Played all types of different positions. You're thinking, finally things are turning up. Finally things are turning around. And he decides at 28 years of age to come back to Chivas? Hurt, hurt. That's what he decides? Hurt. So you could understand why Mexican fans are like, What's going on here? This is everything. I never. First of all, I never thought I would see you this excited to talk Eddie Gutierrez. <laughs> you. I mean, you are very, very excited talking, what are we talking about? Eric, Eric Gutierrez. That's number one. Number two, uh, I just had a conversation with former national team player Carlos Salcido, an interview that we're going to have on ESPN Deportes very, very soon. And I asked him regarding, he played, Carlos Salcido played at PSV, and I asked him regarding Eric Gutierrez, and he said something that we've been touching a little bit on, on, on this particular subject. He said, listen, a lot of Mexicans have been there at PSV. I feel like I'm 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 one of the first that broke ground, yeah. right? And 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 made some way for them. But he said, it's all about quality. It's all about quality. He questioned the if quality. You're not, if you're not good enough, you're not gonna have a long career. And if you have like a two or three year career and you come back, maybe you were never good enough. So maybe we should start having that conversation more often. Did he really have the quality? To play at that level, he's still 28. He could have, he could have stayed, Did right? Ask, Maybe he's not good enough. Did you ask Alcida about his defunct league? No. Steady, no. steady. No, Let's keep time. a few the, friends. The, we the, have the that problem, much time. The, that much yeah. time. The, the problem here, Seb. The problems here, here, Seb, is for the Mexican fan base. It's so dehearten, disheartening to see another player, one that you thought mm. things were finally turning around for, come back, come back. Yeah. And you could say what you want about Chivas and if it's great for him or great or whatever, we could agree that Chivas is in PSV. Chivas is in Europe. So while I understand what Mao was saying, this could be good for him, it's not good for Mexican soccer. I'll tell you that much. Yeah, yeah, you can't like this trend. And, and it's not just Liga Mekis, right? It's Hector Herrera going to Major League Soccer. Anytime a player in or near their prime leaves Europe to come back, it's not good for the national team. That's the bottom line. It's just not good for the national team, you, especially a national team like Mexico that doesn't have players in Europe. I mean, Gutierrez had, had seen a dip in his playing time, and I can understand it. And this speaks to the, the financial strength and realities of Mexican football, right? He's, he was not going to advance in Europe. If he was, he would have stayed. There would have been economic offers. But the reality is he's not going to get that big money in MLS. The only place for him to go from a money standpoint now is Liga Mekis. That doesn't speak to the strength of Liga Mekis. That just speaks to the strength of, of the amount of money in Liga Mekis. And, and that's problematic. And, and that's why I want to stop there for a second. Because a lot of the players that we saw coming back to either Liga Mekis or Major League Soccer, uh, they actually honored and completed their contract with their teams. Their contracts were not renewed and then made a move back to either Mexico or the U.S. Chivas here is actually paying a 5.5 yeah. million transfer mm. fee, yeah. which says a lot. I mean, well, and, 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 it I speaks mean, to the necessity that Chivas have. Good for Chivas. Right. If you have a necessity and you have the money, go for it. Still very, very good player at Mexican league level, right? But uh, Seb spoke about uh -huh. a trend. I don't want to see this happening more often. 
Mexican team. Mexican. No, no, no. Just, but just because, just because Eric Gutierrez, I think he's gonna have more, more playing time, and it could be good for the Mexican right, national right. team. But as, as a full picture, big picture, I don't want to see Mexican clubs spending money to bring players back from Europe. I definitely do not want to see that it's happening more often. It's a slippery slope, Seb. Slippery slope because these clubs, the owners have a decision and a vote on what happens with the Mexican national team. Yeah, yeah. And it is it is about the national team, isn't it, at the end of the day. It, it is kind of crazy to think that, that Europe is not a better spot to showcase your skills for the national team than the domestic league. But uh, to Mal's point, it may well be. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Speaking of the national team, they're in action tonight in that uh, beautiful stadium there behind you. Facing off against Haiti in the Gold Cup. I guess the big news from the team today, suspensions to Cesar Montes and Gerardo Arteaga, the red cards they got in the CONCACAF Nations League against the U.S., have been upheld, so those two not available. Jimmy Lozano, the interim manager, was asked about his future role with the national team. Not as a head coach, guys, but as an assistant. Here's what he had to say. Creo que si llegas a un cuerpo técnico, tiene que ser porque el cuerpo técnico te pidió. Yo lo creo así. Ya antes pude estar en algún cuerpo técnico, en un par de ellos. Y, y creo que si el cuerpo técnico quiere que yo esté y cree que le puedo ayudar, yo, mi ego es así de chiquito, eh, te, lo, te lo digo en serio, y yo puedo ser auxiliar del que sea, siempre y cuando él crea que yo le puedo ayudar, y yo también crea que él también me va a dejar algún aprendizaje. Entonces, si es así, si lo ve así, el, sobre todo él, el entrenador, que le toque venir, este, lo pensaría, no te digo, no, no, no es un sí o un no, pero lo pensaría de verdad. Gentlemen, what do we think of Lozano's response there? Are you cool with the idea of Jimmy staying on as an assistant coach? Yeah, I'm cool with it. I think Jimmy's pretty conscious of the fact that he's the interim. And all signs point to him being the interim no matter what after this tournament, unless they completely blow out. The opposition out of the water, and it's so convincing. But uh, Herc, do you think there's an unless? Am, do you I think, think there's actually an unless? Because that's dangerous waters. If the plan at the at the beginning was that Jimmy Lozano would just be the interim, and you're going to change based on Mexico taking an A team to a tournament where everybody else has their B team, that's that's dangerous data to rely on in making him the head coach, huh? Hi, hi, Seb. First time here. <laughs> <laughs> This is the Mexican national team. Can we stick to the plan team. for once? Now, the only can we stick to the plan for once? 
Well, this is what I'm saying. I think the plan is, I think the plan is to bring somebody. Now, public perception plays a lot in Mexican football, and especially with the Mexican national team because it's the people who spend those dollars and they want to keep business going as usual. La Bomba, el presidente comisionado, commissioner, commissioner president, president yeah. yes, yes. He's already said he's bringing somebody in, right? It's the interim coach. So I do feel he'll bring somebody in, but if it's if the clatter from the press, from the fans, from the players is so loud and so convincing, that goes out the window, and it probably is in their best interest of their wallets because they don't have to spend big on a coach. I'm not saying that's the correct move. I'm just mm. giving you the psyche of the Mexican national team uh, official so, here. So to answer the question, I, I am cool with Lozano being open right. to staying put as an assistant if coach if he's coach. offered. Right, right? Exactly. if he's offered. I think, I think he was very, very smart in the way he answered that question. I don't want to be imposed by the federation. If there's a new manager and the new manager wants me there, I'll be there. I, right. I thought that was a very clever answer. Now, Seb is saying something that a lot of people are thinking. Are you going to make one of the most crucial decisions in recent Mexican soccer history just by the end result of this very poor are a lot, of, a lot of people really thinking this? Because a lot we, of people we, we do the that. rounds on ESPN Deportes. All our colleagues are, if he wins, he stays. Well, that, that's what I'm saying. I'm not saying it's going to be based on the result. I'm mm. saying that Jimmy Lozano has a big chance of keeping the, keeping the job, removing the interim tag, not because of the result, but because of his chemistry with the with the players, right. hmm. the chemistry he's developing with the roster, yeah. a lot of these players, and we've we've spoken about this on Football Americas before. He coached during that Olympic process, yeah. right? 2020, 2021. Yeah. I still think it's does chemistry. Does chemistry outweigh qualification? Does chemistry outweigh qualification? Is Jimmy Lozano well, really he's qualified, qualified manager, to be the national team manager for the 2026 well, World Cup? I don't think any of us think he's qualified. Hold on. You don't think he's a qualified manager for the job? I think it, is, that, is that what you're saying? For the, for the senior national team job, I don't think he's fully yes, qualified. You can do much better. The Mexican national team can find a much more qualified coach. Much more qualified. Can I, can I play this Colonia card yeah, here? You're going to do that. I, we've been hearing this all week, so I'll let, I'll let Mal no, say I'm it. I'm not I'll saying, I'm not saying a much better Caloni coach. Card. I'm not saying he's going to be a terrible coach, but Hold you on. have to go for qualifications. Hold on. Hold on. No, was, we understand. Was Lionel Scaloni the most qualified coach for yeah. Argentina <laughs> that actually <laughs> led <laughs> the team? Uh, no, no, Messier walking through that door. We're hearing that. We agree with you, but we're, we're bringing you into the psyche right now of the press and the people. <laughs> They've been sold, and this, and we've, we've be covered this before. Jimmy Lozano sells you hope. Jimmy Lozano sells you hope. He sells you esa esperanza. Ah, that then this keep him as an assistant. He can be the, the assistant hope coach. Well, I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm just trying to tell you when we talk mm. about the Mexican Federation and if they'd actually do it, yes, they'd actually do it. Now, put a percentage on it. If he wins Gold Cup, percentage he stays. Oh, well, last time you asked me for a percentage, I was extremely accurate when you asked me percentage that Diego Coca mm -hmm. was not going to coach Gold Cup. I'm going to give you this. If, uh, if Jimmy Lozano and Mexico win the Gold Cup and, and win it convincingly, right? I think that's mm -hmm. important. Win it, just not winning it, win it convincingly. Mm -hmm. I'm going to give him an 85, 86.2. <laughs> Two percent chances that he will be the don't manager ask, ask for me, the 2026 World Cup. Jimmy Lozano, el entrenador del tri en el mundial. 
Whichever no, way the wind no, blows. I mean, whichever so, way the wind blows. It's not what I want. I'm just. He no, asked no. me for percentages. I know. I know. I'm just. I I'm think just, you're. I think you're low. Oh, no, no, no. Okay, okay, I think okay, you're okay. way low. I, gotcha, I, gotcha, I, gotcha. I think there's a 99% chance he is the coach <laughs> if they win convincingly this gold cap. The gold cup, excuse me. All right, let's get into tonight's game. Okay, we saw Mexico look pretty good in their first game under Jimmy Lozano for nothing against Honduras. They're going to play Haiti tonight. Haiti, of course, saw 1 2 1 against Qatar in their opener. So, quick round of stardom, sit'em. Mao, we're going to start with you. What are you doing to Mexico's lineup tonight? Well, I think the number nine spot, as we've discussed before, is uh, extremely important and extremely hot right now. So I would sit Henry Martin and I would start Santiago Jimenez. None of them have scored for the Mexican national team in the most recent appearances. Four games without scoring for the number nine spot for the Mexican national team. But I believe it is time that we get to see the real Santi Jimenez as a starter. Santi Jimenez, it is both the present and the future of this team. And if he's not going to get many chances with the A team or whatever is closer to the A team. I don't know where he's gonna get it. Henry Martin has been very reliable and I know the way he plays really fits what Jimmy Lozano wants as a manager, but we all agree here that the number nine for the 2026 World Cup will be Santiago Jimenez. So why not giving him the chance to start more games for the Mexican national team? From Mao's yeah, lips no right? How to many Lozano's brain. Please, yeah. please make it happen, Herc. No, no, I was just saying it's it's a no-brainer because how many years do you, would you have quality years of Henry Martin with the Mexican national team? And then think about how many quality years you could have of Santiago Jimenez with the Mexican national team. It should be a no-brainer. They should fast-track him into getting that development with the Mexican national team, knowing that there will be some growing pains, and that's okay. There's a project. There's a plan. I assume that's what you're thinking of, 2026. Yeah. You're not just trying to think, well, I, I, I hope we beat Haiti and Henry Martin can help me do that. And remember... He playing in Europe, not many competitive games from here till the World Cup. You got to use as many chances as you have to develop that chemistry on the field with the players that most likely will be your starters in three years. All right, so I think the lineups are dropping or about to drop. We're starting to get some reports. Uh, I don't think Santiago Jimenez is going to get the start. So uh, I guess Jimmy Lozano is not watching Football Americas live right now. Herc, help us out here. Uh, what are you doing to Mexico's lineup against Haiti? All right, ah, uh, one of the most Finally. criticized players in a Mexico shirt in quite some time that I've seen is Jorge Sanchez, even though he plays in Europe. And he is of confidence to Jimmy Lozano. Yeah. Yes, for now, there are talks about him coming back to Mexico. Los Regios being the most interested. This just makes sense. Listen, for Jorge Sanchez as well, he needs to take a step back, regroup. I'm sure mentally uh, that's not been easy for him to hear and see everything being said about him, read about him, all these other things. And Julian? Julian Arajo, this has got to be the Julian Arajo's time. I firmly believe with Jimmy Lozano, if he had his choice, Kevin Alvarez might be in this list. He might be yeah. here. And not Julian Arajo, because Kevin is more of that perfil, of that profile player that he likes going forward. If that's the case, you've got few chances to prove your worth if you're Julian Arajo. And one of them is tonight versus Haiti, if you get that chance. A team that is very good in transition. And Julian Arajo prides himself on his physical attributes, his defensive attributes. If he can prove he can be that player, that shutdown defender for Jimmy Lozano, I think he's got a good chance of getting more looks going forward. Yeah, you like it's very, very simple with uh, Jorge Sanchez. No, I, mean, I love it. I don't think Jorge Sanchez is a national team player. It's just as simple Ooh. as that. I don't think he's good enough. Ooh. I wow. do not think he's good enough to be he a national team player. took him out of the starting lineup and took him off the team. 
Reality, reality is harsh. I, I mean, won't. I mean, I, I mean, I honestly. It's good enough to I get signed by Ajax, but not good enough to play for Jorge the Mexican Sanchez, national team. who was extremely bad at Ajax, and hence the reports that he might come back to Mexican soccer to Liga MX. And Club America pays 11 million dollars for Kevin Alvarez, mm. and how Kevin Alvarez was left out of the roster, I don't get it. Jorge Sanchez, to me, is not a national team player. Okay. Production would agree, apparently, because they, they just cut a, a B-roll there that spotlighted every single Jorge Sanchez mistake you could ever possibly well, think of. There is no other B-roll. There is no other B-roll. There was a lot of material. There's a, there was a lot of options for that B-roll. All right. One more change to the starting lineup. Has, has the official one dropped yet? We're getting close. We're getting close. We're just about uh, an hour yeah, away from close. kickoff there in, in Glendale, Arizona. All right. This isn't going to shock anybody who's ever watched this show before. I'm sitting Uriel Antuna, and I'm starting Diego Linus. Let me start with Antuna for a second. Because in the past, I've talked him down as a player. I don't necessarily feel the same way about Uriel Antuna now as I did in the past. But here's what I will say. I don't need to see any more of Uriel Antuna. I know exactly what he brings, and there is something there. And I certainly know exactly what he brings against this level of competition. Diego Linus is a player who I still have high hopes in, but who there are questions about, even against this level of competition. And forget the last game, about a start. He didn't even get on the field. So this is a guy who needs minutes. We know how difficult it is for him to get minutes at the club level. And Diego Linus, if he's ever going to be anything for the Mexican national team, sliding into this Gold Cup B roster might be the last chance to lose. So he's got to start tonight. And against Haiti on that right side, cutting in on his left foot, He's got to make plays because at some point, no matter how much hope we ever had in Diego Linus, and I know, Mal, you and I were, were driving that train together for a while. At some point, you got to cut a guy loose. I agree 100%. Just for clarification, he wasn't on last game's roster because he wasn't with the team. He yet. was, yeah, yeah, he had just uh, traveled uh, as a last minute sub. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't have much to add regarding Diego Linus other than that. Whenever he's played for the Mexican national team, he's made a difference. He's had an impact Especially on games. Especially off the bench, right? Especially off the bench. But that doesn't mean that with this lack of quality up front, especially on the, on the, on the wide areas, uh, Diego Linus can prove to be crucial for this team. And again, and again, whenever we go back and think of the team that Jimmy Lozano started during the Olympic Games, Diego Leitner will play a big, big role for that team. So I agree with Seb 100%. We all know what we're getting from Antuna. And again, it's, it's not, I'm not going to say the same thing I said about Jorge Sanchez. I think he is a national team player. I just think he's, national team. I think he's overrated and overhyped. Well, but I don't think I do he's hyped wanna, at all. <laughs> I, know, I know what he gives me, right? I know what he gives me. But, and I, but, I, but I also know at the same time that Diego Leitner can give me even more, can give me even more than that. be conscious of a few things. Mm. The biggest player heading into that Olympic Games was Diego Linus. The player that shined more was Uriel Antuna. One yeah. of the players that's gotten the most opportunities with this Mexican national team has been Diego Linus, and I think there's a frustration of all of us. He plays now at Tigres. We waited for him all season at Tigres to explode. It never happened. It started to happen yeah. in Liguilla in the playoffs, which is a good thing. Can he translate that, carry that over? But he's been giving plenty of Hasn't chances, guys. More, more regular. More, more regular. I do think we have the uh, the lineup real quick. We got uh, Memo in goal, Jorge Sanchez at right back, Edson and Johan Vasquez center back, Gallardo left back, 
Romo, Sanchez, Chavez in midfield, Antuna, Henry, and Orbelin up top. So we went 0 for Same 3. Lineup. Good job, guys. Good job, everybody. Nailed uh, it. No same lineup. Nobody's listening. I would have sat. I would have sat. You know who I would have sat? I would have sat Gallardo. That's definitely somebody I don't need to see. But with no Arteaga, who? You who, can't. You can't. Do you can't. even have I another know. left back? Johan Vasquez? Arteaga suspended. You don't have yeah. a left back you don't have, right You now. don't have another one. No. Oh. All right. Here it is, guys. Here it is. What's go. he going for? What's he, is, is, is Jimmy Lozano trying to, to, to win the job here in the Gold Cup? Well, is that what we think? Is, is, he, is he rolling out with the same team uh, looking for continuity so he can, he can continue to build yes. his case? Yes, that's exactly what 100 percent. He was asked actually. I, that's I not how an interim conference last night, and he was asked. He, he was asked, uh, "Are you gonna? Do you want to see more players? Are you gonna rotate? Do you want to find different kind of answers, or are you more of the idea that same lineup, same starting eleven, will develop more chemistry, more playing time together?" And he actually gave a hint that that was more his thought process. Mm. But I, I mean, he's coaching for his job. That's, it. That's exactly what he's doing right there. He's coaching for his job. All right. Uh, a reminder, folks, that the ESPYs are coming up. Not just Herc, but Mao as well. I know you both found your way onto that red carpet. You can vote now for a few categories involving soccer players over at ESPN.com or just check the QR code there on the screen. One of those players, Sophia Smith. She's actually up for Soccer Player of the Year competing against some guy named Lionel Messi. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com.
Tofia Smith. No surprise that you make the roster, but still, when you see your name on that list of 23, what are the emotions? Oh, um, excitement, joy, relief. <laughs> um, yeah, honestly, all the emotions. Like, it's just, it's a dream come true. So when you get that call and it's official, it all kind of just hit me. You talk about it being a dream come true. Mm -hmm. I think 14 or 15 is when kind of you first popped onto the youth national team picture. You've been on this path for a really long time. Tell us about that journey to get to here because a lot of people have had big hopes for you for quite some time. Oh, it's been a journey. Um, I have been in the national team system since a very young age. I'd say my first camp I was 13, mm. maybe. Um, it hasn't always been smooth. Uh, it hasn't always been straight to the top. Uh, with my U17 team, I was not starting, hardly playing um, at the 17s World Cup. So that was hard. Uh, there's been a lot of trials that I've had to go through just to kind of get to this point. Um, but I'm grateful for all of it because I think it all shaped who I am and has taught me so much. And yeah, to now be on the senior team, uh, getting ready to play in a World Cup, it's, it's pretty surreal. It's funny to hear you talk about it because you look at you know, U17, U18, it seems like everything was very easy. Mm -hmm. It wasn't. Tell us about those those kind of early days in the youth national team set up in those challenges. Oh my gosh, youth national team camps were hard. Like, really? they were stressful. Um, there were so many of us in a camp, so you almost didn't feel, like, special. It was hard to, like, like, every day you'd stress about how am I going to stand out today? Um, and that's stressful, <laughs> especially at a young age. And then at at the same time you're missing school so you're you know in your free time you're doing homework you're bringing all your books it, it was just it was hard um, but I loved it because I made some of my best friends on those teams and yeah I mean there were plenty of times where I wasn't playing the role that I wanted to or felt like I deserved to play um, that's hard and I just kind of had to navigate that at a young age, and I think that's helped me a lot. Um, just navigate this life. So you make it to youth national teams, and you do it from Colorado, mm -hmm. which is not unique on this team. I mean, there's so much, not just talent out of Colorado, but I feel like young players coming out who are willing to do things differently. Maybe yeah. Lindsey Horan is kind of that perfect example of the trendsetter, right? Going straight out of high school to the pros. What's going on in Colorado? <laughs> Honestly, I never have an answer when I get asked that. There's nothing in the to water. To be fair, I think it's like the second time I've asked you that. <laughs> there's, there's nothing in the water. Um, I honestly think it's the club environment. I was so fortunate to play for a club with an amazing coach, a coach that I owe a lot of my career to. and. Just the environment, the day-to-day -day life of constantly trying to get better. Um, I think Lindsay and Mal can say the same thing. And that shaped us into the players we are. It showed us the potential that we had. And I mean, I watched Mal go through her whole career and I wanted to do that. Um, and she showed me that age doesn't matter. So. Yeah, it's, it's pretty crazy that there's so many of us coming out of Colorado, but I think it, it's an attribute to the environment that we had. Do you remember when it clicked for you with soccer, when you realized I'm better than everybody else and this is something I want to do full time? 
Was it before arriving youth national team or was it kind of in those early days in Colorado? It was in the early days. Yeah. Um, <laughs> before I even moved down to Real, Colorado, I was playing for Arsenal, Colorado. And I just, I was always playing up. Um, it got to the point where I had to go play with boys to get like some good competition. Um, I would just be scoring goals like left and right. And I'm like, okay, like I think this is what I was meant to do. What was it about that time? Like, is it just the joy of goals or was there something else about the game that kind of attracted you to it? My favorite thing about soccer is how you can just be so free. You can play so free, you can be creative, and especially as a striker, you have the luxury of being able to try new things because you have defenders behind you who can make up for it if it doesn't work. Um, but just the ability to be creative. I played other sports, I played basketball, I come from a basketball family, but there's too many plays in basketball for me. Soccer is, it's, it's pretty free. Can't call timeouts, have to figure it out as you go. Um, I think that's my, still to this day, my favorite thing about it. I look at your club career. You get drafted right before COVID. So, you know, that first year kind of goes out the window. Yeah. Next year, pretty solid. Mm -hmm. I think seven goals, something like that in league play. 2022 comes around mm -hmm. and it's just like a different player. Mm -hmm. What happened? Um, I found my place. I think, yeah, getting to Portland with COVID, <laughs> horrible. Like, everything shut down. Basically, the day I got there, I was in a new city, new apartment, didn't know anyone. It was hard. Um, and I was just waiting every day for something to just, like, be normal again. Took a long time. Um, I was dealing with an injury. And then 2021 comes around. Um, I'm playing, I feel good, like I feel like I'm getting my footing in the league. I, I haven't showed everyone what I can do. Um, and then 2022 came around and I just, like a spark hit me and I felt like me. And I felt like I knew who I was in this league and I knew that I could impact this league and I didn't care how old I was. Um, and I just did that and I haven't looked back. How were you able to translate that to the national team? Because it's the same story. 2022 is your big blow up year with the national team. I really honestly think it's just confidence all around. Um, when I'm confident, I'm being myself and I'm playing like Soph and I, I don't put a lot of pressure on myself to do the, like insane things. I just play and with that comes, you know, cool things. I try things, but it's just confidence and it's letting go of, you know, the age narrative or I don't know, the the thoughts and opinions on leaving college early. It's letting go of all of that and accepting that this is the decision I made. This is what my gut was telling me I needed to do. This is where I am and I'm going to just completely take ownership of that and prove um, to the world who I am. There we heard from Sophia Smith, one of our series of exclusive one-on-one -on -one interviews with star members of the U.S. Women's National Team. We'll be running those right up through July 21st in the kickoff of the Women's World Cup. There you see Sophia Smith's stats. Impressive what she's been able to do this season with the Portland Thorns in the National Women's Soccer League. But it's a big jump from the domestic level to the international level. Can Sophia Smithirk, at just 22 years old, lead the U.S. Women's National Team attack at the World Cup? 
I just want to hear you say it. Please, go ahead. You know what I want to hear you say. MVP! MVP! Is that what you're looking for? You were right? Is that what you're looking and for? And I picked her. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. And because yeah. I was right, she needs to lead the line. Not only is she... I don't want to say capacitated, because obviously Alex Morgan is capacitated, uh, Lynn Williams capacitated, but when you think about it, with the injuries to players like Mallory Swanson, mm-hmm. Ashley Hatch is not even on this list. And you look at Alex Morgan's form, she's got five goals this year. Uh, Lynn Williams has seven. Not at the level of 15 goal participations that you have in Sophia Smith. She almost has double the goal participations as her next teammate in the NWSL. She needs to carry that line. She needs to lead the line. She needs to take over. I don't care if it's 22 years of age. She needs to be that player like she's shown us in the NWSL uh, level. Now at the national team level. I will tell you a personal story regarding Sophia Smith. Um, a very good friend of mine, his little daughter, huge fan of the U.S. women's national team. And uh, I was just having a conversation regarding players, and she was asking this question. I know all of this players regarding Megan Rapino, Alex Morgan, but she mentioned, I'm so happy to see names like Sophia Smith because that's one of the players that younger generations are actually looking up mm. to. And whenever you have that capacity to develop those younger stars, not only good players, but stars, I think she has a star quality to her that is gonna, it's gonna bring those younger generations, younger fan bases to still be a big yeah. part of this amazing movement that is women's soccer in this country. Forget, don't forget, Seb, Blacko sold us on this generational shift of this change, mm-hmm. yeah. of this youth movement. She's 22 years old, let's see it. Yeah. I mean, she doesn't seem to be scared about being 22 years old and, and, and having to lead the line. And I think she may have to. And the good thing is there's data suggests she can do it, right? We've seen it in the NWSL. We've seen what she can do with Portland. Defenses are 100% at that level focused on stopping her. And she's still been incredibly productive, not just this season, as you saw, but, of course, with all the accolades from last season. So I think it's, it's pretty clear that she can handle it. The big question is... Is she going to get a lot of help? We know Alex Morgan. We know what she can do. Who's going to be the opposite side her? Because to what you said about Mallory Swanson, you had two incredibly destabilizing forces on those wings. You don't have that anymore. You got good players. You got a Megan Rapinoe. You got a Lynn Williams. You got Alyssa Thompson. You got Trinity Rodman. You got options. But ain't none of those players Mallory Swanson. So that Swanson-Smith duo, I tell you what, that that was going to be something special at this World Cup because both of those players uh, were really seeming to hit their hit their stride. I should mention here, ESPN FC throughout the Women's World Cup will be producing some specials. I'll be hosting them, which will be quite a bit of fun. I'll also be hosting FC in the coming weeks quite a bit. So check out ESPN FC, available seven days a week right here on ESPN+. All right, the Liga Mekis Apertura campaign starts Friday, tomorrow night, uh, with three matches across the league. America Juarez, Mazatlán Pachuca, Take the over in that one. Take the over in that one. And Cholos uh, Pumas. Time for our preseason picks then, gentlemen. The categories are best offseason, biggest surprise, biggest disappointment, obviously, most valuable player, and, of course, champion. Herc, as a former Liga Mekis champion, we won't start with you. We'll start with Mauricio Pedrosa, the guest of honor. Okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. Surprise us uh, all there. All right. Here we go. Uh... Best offseason, I'm going to give it to Cruz Azul. Not only because of the players that they are still bringing to the roster, but because of the players that they let go of. It was time. It was finally time. We're seeing a new generation of players for Cruz Azul. Now, 
That may not be the best news for Tuca Ferretti, who likes working with experienced players, though he's being a part of that change. Props to Cruz Azul. Biggest surprise? I think it will be Cruz Azul. Not a lot of people are counting on what this team can do, but I trust Tuca Ferretti. The fact that now he has more power in making decisions, roster decisions, it only get up from here. They had a terrible season last year, but I think they're going to be one of the best, uh, biggest surprises this upcoming season. Biggest disappointment? Chivas. Everybody's hyped on Chivas. Everybody's drinking that Chivas juice. I'm not buying it. That was an outlier last season. I do not believe they have the quality to repeat and go all the way to the final like they did. They are going to disappoint to disappoint millions and millions of sad Chivas fans in Mexico and of course here in the US. MVP Rogelio Funes Mori. I think he has a chip on his shoulder. There was talk that Rayados was going to transfer him. Transfer him. They're going to let go of him. He's no longer part of the Mexican national team. This is a redemption season for Rogelio Funes Mori. He's going to score a lot of goals. And I believe the champion, finally, <laughs> with El Tano Ortiz, Tano Antato. Tato Antano managing that club. I believe Rayados finally are going to do it and they're going to lift the trophy after the season. Wow. Wow. Herc, what do you make I'll take comments. I'll take take questions and comments right now. I think he's being a little harsh on on Chivas. Uh, We'll get to that in a second. But as far as Monterrey, you've got him being champion, something they've not proven to do with a star-studded squad. And you have Rogelio Funes Mori being the MVP. For him to do that, he would essentially have to win the Golden Boot, something he has never done. Well, there's always a first. There's always a first. You you won the Golden Boot. Yeah, I wasn't that old. Why can't he? Because he's old. Why can't he? You were old, too. I did it in my first season. Tano Ortiz to be the thing that gets Rayados over the hump. Spoken like somebody who's not an Americanista. Spoken like somebody who's not an Americanista there, Mal. All right, we've got Mal's picks. Herc, what about yours? What are your predictions here for Liga Mekis and the Apertura campaign about to kick off? Tomorrow Funny night. enough, I also have uh, I also have best offseason for Cruz Azul. And Mal mentioned the players who left. Let me read them out for you. Michael Estrada, Gonzalo Carniero, Joaquin Lishagi Martinez, Ramiro Funes Mori, who was dreadful. Oh uh, Julio Cesar Elcata Dominguez. Uh, who else do we leave? Ramiro Carrera. Jesus oh, Corona. Jesus Corona, Jordan Silva. They offloaded a lot of weight, a lot of salary cap. And the players that came in, a few players you may know, like Carlos Salcedo, big name defense. Some you don't know, like Moses Vieira, okay? A Brazilian. Diber Cambinado, uh, a Colombian player out of Medellin. Kevin Castaño, uh, another player. They've slowly but surely gotten better, and it's Tuca Ferretti. And you know Tuca is going to keep building the team. He's waiting for that player. He's waiting for his nine. I think it'll get there. That's the best offseason. And maybe because I just heard producer Beto say, who? You need to take a look at the rest. That is a problem right now with the window in Liga Mekis. Mm. There's not a lot of movement, and mm. we'll get into that in a little bit. Economy when I'm week. talking about surprise, I need to read out the names, okay? Ricardo Marin, Oscar Wally. There's two players that came from Chivas. If you're asking who, don't worry, don't be surprised. Don't what about like, Guti? Oh my goodness, I don't know who what these about players Guti? are. Eric Gutierrez. Well, Eric Gutierrez, I'm going to get to that if you let me finish. Everybody thinks it's going to be a fracaso, a one-off. Mal right here is telling you what everybody else is telling you. They're telling you it's a one-off. Don't buy the Kool-Aid. Don't drink that Kool-Aid. Drink the Kool-Aid. I think Chivas is a sound team. I like what I saw from Panovic. I like the fact that it's a unit. I like the fact that they've all bought in. And I think they could even get better. Now, that better is up for debate. 
Alain Polito is cooking. Alain Polito could leave Kansas City, find himself at Chivas. I think they will have a competitive team and prove everybody who thinks it's a one-off wrong. Okay. Biggest disappointment. Oh my goodness. Nah. Group do America. This one's gonna hurt Yusef. It's gonna hurt also Mal. You let go of Dan Ortiz, which may have been one of the best things that ever happened to you in modern history, okay? Agreed. A guy who came out of nowhere you didn't pay that much for and transformed a team that was clearly struggling with its identity. And Jardine. Is it Jardine? Like transform Jardine. a Jardine. Andre Jardine. Oh, re relax. Let me get there, okay? The identity, the way you play. And in Jardine, you find yourself with the fifth if not sixth best option, you could find a coach that in two seasons in Liga Mekis has only been able to get you 18 and 19 points. He couldn't even break the 20 point threshold. And then you go out and your big transfer was a right back. You spent $11 million on a right back and don't let anybody tell you it wasn't $11 million because, oh, it was seven, but then we gave them Vinius for four. What is seven plus four? That's $11 million. 15. Oh, sorry. I'm bad at math. <laughs> on a right back and you let go of players like Pedro Aquino. What are you doing? Roger. You, you, and, and, uh, Roger is... Uh, Martinez, Roger Martinez. And hold on. Roger Martinez may not be what everybody wants him to be, but he's a backup nine to the backup nine you just lost in Federico Vinas, who you've not replaced. This team could be in big, big trouble, and it's America. All right. Now let me get on to the good stuff, okay? MVP. Yeah. Not This man... This man has not put up the stats since he's been with Tigres. But if we learned one thing under Robert Dante Siboldi and that system is those midfielders crash the box, they will pick up numbers. We've seen it, okay, when he got there with players like Sebastián Córdoba, with players like Juan Pablo Vigón, with players like Diego Coca, with players like Rodolfo Pizarro. Correran was injured in that run up until Leguia, he's healthy now. I fully expect him to have a banner year. He could be the MVP if, listen to this, if that Julian Quinones deal doesn't get cooked to Club America. If it goes down to Club America, I think it changes everything and I may switch to Julian Quinones MVP because he's that good of a player. The only reason I didn't put Julian Quinones as MVP right now is because he's currently with Atlas. If he goes mm. to, Club America shows me they're serious on spending and they will spend more and they will get better regardless of who they have on that bench as the coach. It'll be him. And the last one is the winner. How can I go against the team of the decade? How can I go against Tigres who proved everybody wrong? Star studded roster. When that 11 they said got surprise, so old. Surprise. When that 11 they said could not move. They got mobile. Now, Well Guzman coming off of one of his better seasons. In front of him, a rejuvenated defense in front of that and one of the most dynamic midfields you have right now in Liga Mekis and in front of them you still have Andre Pierre Gignac who's looking for redemption and Nico Ibanez who is untapped I almost picked Nico Ibanez as a sleeper MVP but then I thought to myself it wouldn't be a sleeper MVP because he's that good the ex Ballon de Oro the ex Campeón de Goleo I'm very disappointed that you didn't mention Diego Lainez as one of the big factors why Tigres El Factor. will win the <laughs> El Factor. Uh, I just have one comment. Mm -hmm. The difference between our surprise teams. I have Cruz Azul, you have Chivas. Is that your surprise team? Yeah, it's Cruz Azul. My, my surprise team is Cruz Azul. Okay. And I think that, that one, only one difference is Alan Pulido. Yeah. Is where, where he choos, uh, chooses to go. Oh, that could be the deciding factor. That could yeah, be the deciding that's a good factor. Call. That's yeah, a good absolutely. Call. All right, then, boys, we've got your picks on the books. I want to scream at Herc for being biased, but just wait till you see my selections and predictions for the upcoming campaign. I'm uh, let's ready. start with the best off season. FC Juarez brought in Aviles Hurtado <laughs> from Pachuca. 
couple players from Toluca, including Sebastián Saucedo, este Aret Ortega también. Who else did they get? They got, uh, oh, they got Beto's favorite only. player from Chivas that never plays, Sebastián Pérez Boquet. Popo Salcedo, yeah. And uh, I think they got a couple other loanees from Tapatío as well. So FC Juárez loading up. Uh, let's see. Let's see if it makes them interesting. I always think a team that does well on the border with what we see happening to Cholos would, would be good for Liga MX. So there's a little hope in that in that best off season. The rest here is a lot of consistency because you, you know me. I like to be very very consistent. Okay. Biggest surprise. I'm going Pumas. Now, last time around, I think I I made them my bold choice. It didn't go well for me. But as a result of that terrible pick, they now have Turco Mohamed as the manager. And I am betting heavily on Turco Mohamed, not just as a manager, but as a manager now with time to work. I think he's going to pull Pumas out of the, uh, the depths of their despair. Biggest disappointment, I'm going the opposite of you two. I see all of these moves at Cruz Azul, and I don't know how it's all going to work out. Huh? I don't know how all that money moving pieces and all that chaos at a club like Cruz Azul, I don't know that that's going to lead you to a title. I also think, and I know this is going to hurt Herc a little bit, I question if Tuca Ferretti has lost it a little bit in Liga Mekis. I wonder if he's the oh, same guy he was no, five years you're ago. you're gonna kill him. I wonder, I wonder. Now, my MVP, listen, Julian Quinones was the, was the best player in the league, most dangerous player in the league at Atlas. Imagine what he's gonna do at Club America. MVP, and you know me, I am nothing if not consistent and stubborn and a few other things. But my champion is going to be Club America. Because if they win, it's not going to be the one time I didn't pick them, okay? So Club America, after disappointing me every single time I've picked them since this show started, will finally get the title that has eluded them for the last now five plus years. This is the year for Club America. We're done with Dan Ortiz. No more mistakes in Ligia. Club America going to get the title. Guys, what do you think of my preseason predictions. I feel like I'm talking to the same person, just in English. You picked America <laughs> again. Like, what, what's going on here? I didn't pick America this year. Not on this show. Maybe next I'm show not, you pick. Well, yeah, you're, that's a valid point. No, I'm not. No, I mean, I listen, I know why Sebi's doing it. He actually explained it re very, very clearly, right? He only wants to he pick. He didn't mention anything he about wants, the players. He wants to pick America only because there's a he chance that. And whenever the America actually, whenever they do it, the he's gonna tell us, "Hey, I told you. He just I told said, you from the beginning. He, he, he didn't, didn't want to be wrong. But this that's is, all he said. This is that's all Sebi said. This is the worst America that I've seen in a while. The way this uh, but, roster, but, ooh, Julian Quinones, how much does he change it now? How much does he change it? If well, well. If giving giving I mean, just told us it changes everything. Quinones is like giving no, me no, a motorcycle. No, no. I wouldn't know what to do everything. with it. It's, I'm not. Listen. I'm not sure. I'm, it is a great sign, of course. If if it happens, it'll be great for America. Now, mm -hmm. it took some time for him to develop chemistry with Julio Furch. It wasn't immediate. He's gonna have time, or he's gonna need time to develop that very same chemistry that wasn't fans are expecting with Henry Martin. New scenery could be. Exactly. So I'm not. He's a great player. Not every great player has success in Club America. You know this, Sevi, very, very, very mm, well. That's why yes. I have zero confidence that this is going to be the season for America. All right, that'll do it uh, for this edition of Football Americas. Thanks to everybody who's sending their questions via Check the Mentions. We are back on Sunday in the immediate aftermath of Mexico against Qatar, but the United States also playing 
uh, over the weekend against Trinidad and Tobago as they wrap up group play as well. And also, on Sunday's edition of the show, the next in our exclusive series of one-on-one -on -one interviews with members of the U.S. Women's National Team. On Sunday, it's Megan Rapino. The hits, they keep on coming here on Football Americas. For Mal, Herc, I'm Seb. Thanks for watching, and we'll see you Sunday after Mexico against Qatar in the Gold Cup.